Happy Independence Day, America. The Love Times 2 podcast starts now. Welcome to 139, the official podcast of Love Times 2. Here is your host, Mike Victor. Hey, welcome to a very special edition of the Love Times 2 podcast. We are on a mission, a big time mission, to make the world a better place for every mom and every baby. And along the way, we're looking for God to do some really, really amazing things. So welcome to the podcast. I hope this becomes one of your favorites, and I hope that you're sharing this within your social networks as well. But Today, this is unlike any other podcast episode that we've done because we're celebrating Independence Day. Well, you know, we commonly now just kind of refer to it as the 4th of July, but it's Independence Day, and I really think that's something worth celebrating. So, um, you know, just as a reminder, today is it's not just about fireworks and picnics and a day off work. All of that's cool. I mean, there's nothing. <laughs> I, I love all of those, uh, but it's about honoring the Declaration of Independence, which includes these words. Here it comes. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That is some pretty awesome stuff. So if you're wondering why I'm so excited about Independence Day, this is it. And to celebrate, I thought that what I'd do is share with you my top favorite Civil War sites. How's that for a change of pace? You probably didn't see that coming. I mean, I know you may have been expecting a, I don't know, maybe a lengthy dissertation on the history of Independence Day. And, you know, actually that would be, um, that'd be a very cool thing to do, but not today. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a time in American history when we were grappling with another human rights issue that undermined these great words in the Declaration of Independence, uh, undermined the entire context, context that all men are created equal. Now, um, before I get started, have you noticed how popular top 10 lists are? I mean, I've seen them from, I don't know, uh, for just about anything in the world, from the top 10 vacation spots to top 10 small towns to visit to top 10 roller coasters in the world. I mean, I enjoy the top 10 list because they, they really boil everything down to just one concise, uh, easy package to understand. Now, if you combine a top 10 list with history, now you're talking some pretty serious language and you've got my attention. So uh, that's where we're going to go today, jumping into the spirit of Independence Day. Uh, here are my top 10 Civil War sites to visit. And just to say right up front, yes, I've been to every one of these. So just in case you're wondering if, hey, Mike's just sitting there making it up and, you know, I pulled it up on Wikipedia to, to show which of these sites to go to. Nope, I've actually been uh, to every one of these sites, most of them multiple times, uh, because I think they're so significant. So it's my pleasure to share these with you today. And, and maybe, I don't know, maybe this is feel for thought for you uh, to think about possible road trips this summer. Hey, that sounds great. So anyways, here we go. Uh, top 10 Civil War sites to visit, according to Mike. Okay, number one, Gettysburg. Okay, this didn't surprise anyone who knows me, but Gettysburg is the number one site that every American, I believe, should visit. Really, I'm serious about that. Uh, when you understand what happened at Gettysburg, when you understand how important it was, how pivotal it was, it's just a, uh, it's an amazing place to go. And it's really one of the few uh, Civil War battlefields that you, you can go to and actually visualize uh, almost the entire battlefield, uh, just the way that it's laid out and so forth. And, and that's significant because uh, some of the battlefields, for example, the wilderness. Uh, there's not much left of it anymore. Uh, the last time I stopped at the wilderness marker, I think there were maybe just a few acres uh, of a field that's left of that and everything 
everything else is being developed. Uh, Gettysburg uh, does a nice job in really protecting the integrity of the battlefield. Uh, so when you think Gettysburg, uh, you think, you know, Little Round Top, High Water Mark, Peach Orchard, Wheat Field. A devil's Den. I mean, nothing more really needs to be said. It's a powerful place to go. Uh, so I encourage you to go to Gettysburg. And if you can, go July 1st, 2nd, or 3rd, because those are the uh, anniversary dates of the actual battle. And that's just a powerful time to be there. And you can visualize uh, what it was like during that time of year uh, when, you know, when this clash occurred uh, at the town of Gettysburg. Now, number two, Fredericksburg. Uh, the Battle of Fredericksburg in Fredericksburg, Virginia, uh, was of significant significant uh, battle uh, in the war as well. In fact, there were two uh, battles there, major battles there. And uh, when I think of Fredericksburg, I think of uh, Maury's Heights, uh, just this um, uh, th- this place of the battlefield, the focal point most people think about, uh, in which Union troops uh, were faced with uh, Lee's uh, entrenched artillery uh, up these uh, heights that would just became a killing field. I mean, when you stand there and you realize uh, that these guys were uh, ordered repeatedly to charge up these heights, knowing that uh, there was probably very little um, possibility they would survive, it's just amazing. So when you go there, you see these the stone wall. Uh, you see the statue to the angel of Fredericksburg. Uh, so much history there, and and what a uh, uh, powerful, uh, just history-rich, I guess I should say, area of Virginia. So Fredericksburg is my number two. Uh, number three, Ford's theater. Um, wow. I mean, the, the setting that some call the last act of the war, um, you know, not, not not quite, but it is uh, just a powerful place to go. I mean, of course, this is where President Lincoln was assassinated. Um, the Park Service does a wonderful job in maintaining the historical integrity of Ford's Theater. Uh, you can visit the theater in a ranger-led tour. Um, you can see important artifacts there. You can cross the street uh, to the Peterson House where they carried President Lincoln and where he eventually uh, died uh, and visit all of that. And it's just a powerful way to spend a morning or an afternoon in Washington. So if you're taking the family, or if you're going by yourself to a road trip, or maybe with some friends to D.C., uh, it's well worth your time. Take in Ford's Theater. It's a powerful place to go. Uh, number four is Antietam. Uh, of course, Antietam in Maryland is the place where um, you, know, you, you may have heard it uh, commonly referred to as the bloodiest single day of the war. Uh, Antietam was just a horrible slaughter. I mean, what a horrible slaughter that happened there. And there's just so much, uh, so much to take in. And when you understand again what actually happened, and with all of these sites, what I really encourage folks to do uh, is to read about the sites before you go there. Because when you arrive at a place like Antietam, if you really don't know what happened there, you see the sunken lane, the bloody lane where um, really just the dead were just piled up like cordwood. You really don't uh, have a context for it unless you know what happened there. Otherwise, you're just looking at a depression in the ground and, and not really knowing, you know, uh, what even happened there. Um, now, being from Indiana, uh, Antietam has special significance to me because it's a place where so many Indiana boys charged through the cornfield, and uh, that was the last charge that they ever made. I mean, it was just a powerful that cornfield. You read historical accounts of it, and it was cut down to within an inch of the ground as if a um, a reaper had just come through. It was just uh, it was just a horrible slaughter there. But Antietam is a powerful place to visit. Uh, number five is Andersonville, uh, the infamous Civil War um, prisoner 
camp in southern Georgia. And, you know, I'm not sure how many people actually visit Andersonville because it's off the beaten path. I mean, not horribly so, uh, but it's probably an hour off the I-75 corridor. And for most people from at least the Midwest and and the north and so forth, if you're traveling through Georgia, um, I mean, apologies to Georgia, but mainly you're traveling through Georgia to get to Florida on vacation. I mean, that's just what people do. You road trip for spring break or summer vacation or a trip to Magic Kingdom or wherever you're going. But, you know, Georgia is something you have to drive through to get to Florida and a lot of great stuff about Georgia. So hope no one takes offense by that, but it's just reality. And the um, Andersonville camp is probably, again, an hour off the I-75 corridor. So it can be conveniently planned into a road trip if you are heading, say, to Florida. Uh, it, it's very easily can be worked into your trip to go to Andersonville. And, uh, you know, Andersonville, there were so many uh, thousands of troops that were um, starved, that were um, exposed to the elements with no clothing in many cases, that were forced to drink water that was polluted with sewage and so forth. Um, just a just a horrible place that became the symbol of brutality and prisoner of war camps during the Civil War. Uh, to, to really understand the misery of what happened at Andersonville, you really need to visit in mid July or August when the Georgia heat is at its, uh, is at its strongest. And when you go there and you realize these guys are just packed like animals into this field, uh, wow. I mean, it just, uh, it gives you a feel for what type of misery they had to endure there. Uh, number five is Grant's statue at the steps of the Capitol building. I mean, this is, uh, just to me, one of the most powerful and significant, uh, statues of, uh, General Grant that, um, that, that of, of any historical figure in the United States that you're going to find. In fact, if you take the time, uh, which I've done on numerous occasions, uh, just to uh, sit and study Grant statue uh, as it you know, looks across the mall towards the Washington Monument and the Lincoln Memorial. What you'll see is just this, uh, just this grit and resolve of General Grant uh, that is just captured in this statue. You see the slouch hat, you see the collar pulled up. Um, you know, it's not trying to be one of these glorious statues of a um, you know some type of of holier than thou type of leader. What you see is the statue of a general who knew how to fight and a president. Uh, of this country that that had grit and resolve. So it's a very powerful, if you're visiting the Capitol building, if you're in D.C., if you're on the mall, make sure you take the time to see Grant's statue. Uh, I guarantee it'll be well worth it for you. Number seven is the Shenandoah Valley. And that's a general statement anywhere in the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia. It's just full of history. I mean, it's just an amazing place. It's beautiful. Uh, the corridor, the interstate corridor that runs through there, it seems like there's history at almost every single exit. Uh, and you see these um old Virginia farmhouses and so forth. Uh, just so much happen, happened in the Shenandoah Valley in that entire region. Um, you know, it's just, uh, you can spend a lot of time there. Let's put it that way. So the Shenandoah Valley is well worth uh, traveling through uh, for the beauty and for the historical significance. Now, number eight is Bull Run or Manassas, whichever one you want to call it. Uh, Bull Run or Manassas is where I consider the, the war really lost its innocence right off the bat uh, because now there were two major battles fought there. But the first one, the first battle of Bull Run was the battle that, uh, you know, it was the battle that sort of um, eliminated these rose-colored glasses that this was going to be a very short 
uh, bat the war, or this was going to be uh, sort of just like a uh, fisticuffs match on the playground or something like that, that one side would win and then everybody would quit and go home. Um, and, you know, it was even a spectator sport to some folks that just came from the Capitol to see, you know, what, what a, what a good old fight would look like sort of thing. And, um, what the uh, what the world learned, what the, uh, the United States learned at that point, uh, was that uh, Bull Run exposed the horrors of war. Uh, it, explo- it exposed, um, you know, what it looks like to see men die by the thousands, and um, you know, and just the carnage that uh, that occurs as a result of that. So, uh, Bull Run, Manassas, it is the place where the war uh, lost its innocence. And just as a footnote to that, I just recently saw that the battlefield has uncovered uh, burial pits. They don't encourage and don't allow digging on site, but I think they were retrenching something there at the battlefield. So it was an accidental discovery, but they found, um, you know, bones that were just shattered in so many different places. And it was just a horrific reminder of the, uh, of the carnage that took place there. Um, number nine is Fort Donaldson. Now, some of you have never heard of Fort Donaldson. It's down in the, I think technically it's in um, Dover, Tennessee. It's right down in uh, Tennessee, uh, Kentucky border by the land between the lakes, southern end of that. But Fort Donaldson, Donaldson is where Ulysses S. Grant earned his reputation as a fighter. And it's actually where he earned his nickname, Unconditional Surrender Grant. Um, and you can go there. There's a uh, national cemetery there. You can stand in some of the rifle pits that still remain. Uh, you can stand in some of the gun turrets where cannon uh, had been placed uh, to guard the river. And uh, so you can visualize very clearly when you're there how this, this battle uh, went down. But uh, of particular note of Fort Donaldson is that this is where Grant proved that he would fight. And now last on the list, but um, very important to the point I want to make with this whole discussion, is Appomattox. Uh, Appomattox Courthouse it's the place where it all ended, where the surrender happened. Uh, rifles were stacked up, men openly cried, uh, and the killing began to grind to a halt. Now, historians will know that even though the surrender of Lee to Grant happened, uh, there were still armies in the field, so there was still quite a bit that still needed to happen to bring all of the killing, all the fighting all of the Civil War to an end, quite a bit that still needed to happen. Um, I mean, armies in the field at that time had no idea uh, what was happening in Appomattox, and they were still fighting. And uh, I don't know, many of you may know this, um, there were actually uh, more than a few people that were advocating that the, the South go into more or less guerrilla warfare mode, that the armies just would uh, sort of be absorbed into the countryside and uh, just conduct uh, guerrilla raids from that point forward, which would have made um, made the war go on to a horrific degree for a much longer period of time. Uh, but the uh, Appomattox Courthouse is someplace that is very powerful to visit. Now, it's very curious to me that, at least from my experience, Appomattox Courthouse, as important as it is, uh, seems to be among the least visited Civil War sites uh, that are out there. And that, I don't know, it's always kind of... Um, uh, I've always kind of wondered about that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just my experience of uh, when I've been there. Uh, and it's not in the easiest location or well, it's not hard to get to. Let's put it that way. But it's not, you know, it's not like uh, next to a tourist attraction type of deal. So, you know, in um, 1865, 
I don't think they were really looking at picking a spot that would be convenient to an interstate <laughs> so that people could visit it down the road. Uh, so uh, it is what it is. And you have to drive and you have to uh, get into the, uh, you know, Virginia countryside if you want to visit Appomattox. But it's just a powerful place to go. The, uh, the, the, the farmhouse where Lee surrendered to Grant is still there. And uh, you can just really absorb so much history uh, when you're there. So uh, with all of that said, Appomattox is so key uh, to all of this because it reminds me that in a great human rights struggle in our past, uh, that there was ultimately there was victory. And when I think of just this work to uh, to extend love to every mom and every baby born and unborn, uh, it's an ongoing effort. It's something that uh, just, just seems like it grinds out longer and longer. But um, I just like to remind myself, I want to remind you, victory is coming slowly, steadily, relentlessly. Uh, victory is coming in this human rights issue and discussion. And just as Appomattox marks a new day for our nation, uh, there will one day be a place where they work to protect and extend protection to every mom and every baby will finally and mercifully conclude with liberty and justice for all. Hey, never forget that that victory is coming. And never forget that when you change the culture, the politics will follow. Hey, happy Independence Day, America. Hope you're safe. Have a great day. This has been 139, the official podcast of Love Times 2. Join us in the journey at lovetimes2.org. That's love, the letter X, and the number 2, dot O-R-G. Thanks for listening.